So you just got down from like a crane on your oh, way here? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm holding, by the way. Uh, probably should have said that. But yeah, I just uh, got invited to do like a crane climb from like some dude in the UK. Uh, it was like pretty sick, but I almost fell. You almost <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so, wait a sec. so I told you, like, I, I messaged you and I said, like, hey, can you come in at one o'clock? Yeah. And you were like, it was it because, like, you were like a mid mission or? Well, oh, no, what happened was I, I finished, I finished doing the crane and then I, uh, and then I was heading home because I had to wake up at four in the morning to actually get there and not get, like, the security pissed off. Mm -hmm. um, they eventually did get pissed off anyway, so it didn't really help. So you guys got caught? Uh, no, we got like chased out, but we, we did. <laughs> so yeah, we got you. So you got caught. <laughs> well, no, we got we got out. Like it, it's it, it's a fact. We did not like actually get behind bars. You didn't get apprehended. No, you but got, you got seen. We did get seen. Okay. Yeah, I mean it, it it was pretty smooth. Yeah, I've opinion. never. I've, I was gonna say I've never done that kind of stuff in Vancouver, but I've actually never done it. Period. There was like a time where um, Brandon Douglas, who now does like high drop, he made like a whole yeah. blog post. I think it was called like Goshwa or something, or or, <laughs> or it was like going on top or going on high stuff, and he made like this stupid acronym, and it was just like this this joke uh, blog piece because at the time there were people that I think seemingly were doing less parkour and more of that stuff, or people were doing that stuff and getting more attention than parkour, like the yeah. Urbex guys. And so it was kind of like throwing shade at that a bit where it was like, oh, you know, I used to do jumps and things that were like mentally challenging, but it's just way easier for me to like climb a ladder or, you know, walk around or hang on something. So I'm doing that now. Yeah. Well, you got it. You got to do like the handstand photos on top of the buildings, you know, that's like that's yeah. what gets the likes. Is that, is that what you guys did? No, luckily I did not yeah. get that. But. So so. Uh, yeah, you said you said some guy messaged you about this. Yeah, um, so I had this, uh, I, he's like an anonymous dude, um, but he basically messaged me, he was like, uh, I see like you do roofing, I know like a, we had like a mutual friend, um, his name is Herbsurd, uh, if you want to go follow him on Instagram, um, and uh, basically like, I was like, oh nice, I know Herbsurd, and then we basically just were like, okay, yeah, meet me at 5.30 in the morning, um, and I live in Burnaby, so you can like expect how early I had to get up for that. I don't think they can. I don't know if many people from no the you city guys watch, watch you guys listen to this. Yeah, yeah, you guys don't get up early. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I, I mean, in terms of ge geographically, I don't know if everyone understands. But Burnaby is like a town over. Okay. Yeah. So fun <laughs> fact. Okay, Burnaby. If you guys are like from the UK or whatever. Burnaby is basically like an entire city away from Vancouver. Right now we're in Vancouver, but like over that way is Burnaby and it's like a solid like hour, I'd say, uh, away. So were, were you meeting him at 5.30 or you just had to? Yeah, okay. we were meeting at 5.30. So you got to get up at like a solid four o'clock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's usually how that stuff goes. That's like, you know, if you ever want to get into like morning photography. That yeah, would be. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. He wanted like the sunrise or whatever. It seemed to work out pretty good though. We got like cool drone shots and stuff. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You ever uh, do that's that? probably why you got caught. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Flying a drone. No, like uh, there's there's a thing. Um, I don't want to say what it is because if I say what it is, uh, it's less likely. Or no. Nah. Yeah, I'm not gonna say what it is. I'll, I right. can I can show you or tell you about it sometime because I've been wanting to mission a climb. Uh, and it's not a very high one. It's just a very exposed one. 
and it's not private property or anything. It's just, um, I can't really see, I don't know how people do that stuff alone. I don't know how people go nah. and do, like, I always have a trouble doing like parkour alone when I'm really exposed. If I'm doing parkour alone and I'm in like a quiet area, sometimes I actually prefer that. But if it's like really exposed and there's just like constantly like eyes on me and stuff and and if I'm particularly if I'm doing something at height parkour, like if I'm and it looks sketchy, I, I hate it. it's always I always just want someone there just to like bring them into like the world, you know? Yeah. So, like it doesn't feel as alone. It doesn't feel as weird. Like if someone, like just one person, that's all it takes. So it's like, yo, hold in. You want to join me and like look at this roof gap? Because if I go up there by myself, I'm just going to be hyper aware, not only of what I'm doing, but like everyone watching. Whereas if I bring someone into the world, it's like, cool, we're both part of this world and I don't have to think about the, the rest of the world. Yeah. I had a really bad problem with that when COVID hit. Because mm. uh, like the gym was closed and then I had to go outside and train and stuff. Um, and it just like felt super awkward. Uh, so I'd basically like join in with the skater guys and then I would go out and then do my parkour stuff like just beside them so then it wouldn't be super weird. Yeah, I mean, that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I think it's good for you though, like to go out, uh, to go out like that and try to do things alone. But it's, it's crazy how much. Because for, for me, like, I always can do my best when I'm, like, in a good emotional space. And there's, there's nothing, like, that makes an emotional space worse than, like, thinking about what other people are thinking about you as you're, as you're doing it. Mm. I guess, I, I don't know, I'm still not over it. I've been doing this for, like, almost 20 years and <laughs> yeah. it still gets in my head, so. <laughs> Some people can do it, though. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get how they can. Get um, it. It's just, like, another layer of doing something already mentally difficult. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you were you were away for the last week or so. Yeah, so I had a pretty bad flu. It, it sucks. It wasn't really COVID, uh, as far as you know. Yeah, well, so basically, what happened was is the part that the time that I was sick, uh, I had I did like three COVID tests and they all came out negative. So I was like, yeah, I obviously don't have COVID. Um, and uh, basically, like I had a flu and then I got COVID after like mm -hmm. for my parents and it felt like nothing. Um, but then like I got tested and then like now I'm fine, but uh, it was a pain. Like you went to get a test or you did a home test? <laughs> like I got home tests. Like okay. we have like a whole bunch of these like packets. Mm -hmm. Like if you guys know the- Yeah, the, I feel like, I feel like, the re I feel like a lot of people just do them wrong. Maybe. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah, like when I finally got the big C, uh, I, the, the first thing. time, the first time I tested it was, but I don't know if it takes a while to show up or whatever, but the first time I tested it, you know, it was negative. Uh, Gloria's was negative. And then it took like two days later for me to be like, mm, I'm still feeling something and this is starting to feel worse. So mm. I'm going to check what it is and I'm going to check again. And sure enough, it showed up, but then it showed up positive, like a couple of days in a row after that. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I was, but I think I was doing it the, the same way each time. Yeah, you have to be really thorough with your nasal swabbing. <laughs> yes, that's, that's the name of it. Yeah, but uh, you're feeling you're feeling okay. Do you have you so you haven't trained in like a, this was like your first day back? Or? Yeah, I haven't trained in a week. Uh, I was teaching over the weekend though, like at the at the Pomo gym. Mm -hmm. So uh, that seemed that seemed pretty good. That's right when I was in the clear. Mm -hmm. uh, I was still really tired, but other than that, I felt pretty chill. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. yeah. So, 
no one, no one watching or listening knows this, but like a week a week ago before, like you were kind of like right in the middle of oh. trying to collect like challenges for for a video. Yeah. So was the plan to still try to get this done before like the weather turns? I I think I think I I can still do it. Uh, the crane climb today actually gave me a lot of confidence over like height and stuff. Um, so that might actually push me to do some of the scarier stuff. Uh, yeah, but I have like a lot of like really freaky challenges for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that I'll get them done by I don't know the next two weeks. Yeah, I think it's it's crazy though. Like it's October right now, and it's still over like twenty degrees Celsius in the middle of the day. Like I, if I go out and start training right now, I can take my shirt off and be like, you know, comfortable. Exactly. <laughs> um, absolutely comfortable. So it's it's bizarre. Like it's it's kind of bad for me because um, I'm also trying to get some clips to finish up a really long, like five year project <laughs> that I've been doing, yeah. and. It's, um, I, I was like kind of embracing the idea of like putting pressure on myself and, and, you know, like, okay, there's, you got to finish it, um, before the weather turns before it like it. And now it's just like this good weather keeps getting extended. And so like, I start thinking, I like, I look ahead in the forecast. I'm like, oh, I think I still have like, you know, some time left. So, a few weeks. so I don't know. <laughs> it's, um. I don't know when winter is actually coming. That would be, oh man. Uh, that would be fascinating though if we could like train into November. I've never actually done that. It's always like around like November, December time that like Vancouver weather hits. But uh, I guess we're not Vancouver now all of a sudden. Yeah, it's, well it's usually the rain. Like it's not, it doesn't get like crazy cold here. Mm. Right? Like we, it'll snow sometimes, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of like it's it's interesting because I think like winter and training outside in the winter when it's like a little frosty is like really nostalgic for me because when I like I think I think it was like my maybe probably like second year doing parkour where like I had ramped up the the amount of training I was doing for parkour to where it was getting to the point where like just wanting to go out and sesh like every day with someone. Yeah. And so me and my friend, we were, we were both, well, he was, no, I would, I would, I graduated, but he was um, still in high school. And so I had to wait for him to get out of high school in the winter. It's like, and then, you know, you'd have to eat something or whatever. It's like, we're meeting up at like four or five o'clock, but it gets dark around six o'clock in the winter. So yeah. most of our training would happen like in the dark, in the cold <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that time. So it always just like feels, um, I don't know, you, you can't. I feel like I can never do like the most challenging stuff because it takes longer to get warmed up and you just feel like more fragile in totally, the cold. Yeah. But but it does have a nice like nostalgic feel for me because because of that year. Yeah, that one time we trained at Ironworks, like I think it was last year or maybe it was twenty twenty. It was like pretty cold at that time. That was cool. I really like that. Uh, we you got you got a pretty good line. That was like before you were injured. Mm. Yeah. Oh no, that that was after I was injured. That was after. Yeah, but it yeah, was like yeah. in the. No, I, I know what you're talking about. That was um, chill period. Jeez, that would have been 2020. Yeah, winter. But that was like really wow. Okay. Yeah, because my my knee injury happened summer of 2020. Mm. Um. So that was like during the period where I thought I was gonna get better 
Like I didn't, uh, I was getting um, told by specialists, um, or not specialists, but like orthopedic surgeon's office that my knee was like okay because I would pass all like the ligament tests and stuff like that yeah. um, and exhibit like symptoms that like, oh, what can you do? Oh, I can do this. Huh. Well, it'll probably get better. You probably just bruised it or something was, was what they would say. Um, so that was like around the time where I, I thought and I had just done a bunch of strength training and like, you know, conventional rehab and it started to feel better, not, not okay, but better. Mm-hmm. And that was like one of the few sessions that I got in before, before I had like a big relapse in pain. Um, and then ultimately had to have surgery, but, but yeah, that was the one, that's the one you're, you're referring to. Cause we, we did like a vlog on that, that yeah. day too. Yeah. That was a good vlog. You guys should check it out. It's on the Origins Parkour YouTube channel. Yeah. I actually want to do more. Um, I was thinking of getting, uh, we've talked a little bit about like Origins not really oh, having yeah. a team, but like kind of like the, gen- so I, I always see like, like you, Nathan, Nathan and Ollie is like the guys that are like in their, are you are you twenty yet? I can't even remember. I'm nineteen. You're not, okay, so like yeah. they're all they're all early twenties though. So you're the youngest, and yeah, like you you're, you guys are the guys to kind of like. I'm kind of expecting to like take it from here, you know, <laughs> in terms of uh, in terms of like the big action, yeah. and and I thought um, like, Nathan and Ollie have both been asking me a lot about like strength training, and so I thought like this year, well when it becomes time because <laughs> I think yeah. I think they're all in the same mindset too or like the weather's still good so they want to be out but I was thinking this year like we could um, try to schedule it so I can get you guys all in the gym at the same time and then we could like vlog some of like the off-season training nice um, yeah because then it would not be just me <laughs> no 100% yeah. yeah I know the Swedish guys like Joel like Joel Larson um, I think <clears throat> yeah. that's how I pronounce his full name but uh, he basically like spends all the time with like the kippa guys like in the gym uh mm-hmm. during the winter uh and then they come out and make like banger clips during the summer and stuff mm-hmm. right so like you could we could probably like do both it's like i don't know hyperbolic time chamber or something <laughs> like that right yeah I'd, I'd love to be able to start doing like some kind of weekly vlog like we're we're trying to get the youtube back up and going and a lot of the content is just kind of coaching related stuff like analyzing of technique but I like doing vlogs. It's just it's tough when um, when you don't have ta- as much talent. Like I see when Ed was here, like Ed Scott, he's coming in like like during a day of training, like he's just he's got his GoPro and he's just recording another thing, another thing, another thing. And a lot of the things are probably not stuff he's like super stoked on, but it's like his his base level is like things that would be hard for me. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you can go from there. And so I think. When it comes to like, like if I were to go out and vlog parkour, I would just be like way too much in my head about how not difficult for the masses some of the stuff I'm doing is, right? So, yeah, I get that so it's tricky, but like I, I kind of miss, like we used to go out and um, not record everything. We always had like a higher standard, but like whenever we would go out to get clips to like eventually put together in videos, you know, it would be a good day if we went out and filmed like one thing, but there'd be like, what I see now as like cool things happening throughout the, the training day that just like didn't get recorded. And then, you know, people started making vlogs. So, cause I think it was much the same for a lot of people, but now that, um, 
now the kind of like volume in terms of like media is like the name of the game. Mm. It's like you got to have an Instagram, you got to be putting out a lot of clips, you got to have a YouTube channel, you're putting out vlogs. So, so you got again, you got like guys like Ed who maybe several years ago wouldn't be recording like as much stuff as he is, but yeah, he's going on. It's just he's just a machine and like just re- just filming everything. So, if we can get into that sort of headspace and um it's almost easier too if someone's like dedicated to record like it's i don't like i don't like stopping training to like you know be in the camera okay i gotta film you and you and you and you and then put the camera back down okay now back to what i was doing right um but i am starting to feel like i just want to make more I just want to do more video stuff, so I don't actually mind going out and being just the camera guy. Yeah, I apologize for that, by the way. Every time I'm out with Renee, uh, I basically get him to film me for a very, very long time. That's not that bad. It's, uh, I mean, that's pretty bad. <clears throat> I don't think it's, it's not that bad. How, okay, who's the worst then? Who's the, I don't know. Who I takes don't, the I don't, longest? I don't mind, like, it's the thing, like, I don't mind filming stuff. I think what I just described, like, where, uh, I, I think I'm, try, I'm trying to remember like the it was like maybe the last time we went out with the intention of filming a vlog and it's like five people and we're not really organized so it's like okay there's five of us and I just know that we have to get clips so I'll take it upon myself to be like okay what's this person doing what's this person doing what's this person doing uh, whereas like if everyone has a camera and everyone's pick, like I think that's how store operates yeah. I, don't, I don't I'm just assuming right because um I think sometimes they have one or more guys who might have like an injury, so they're dedicated to filming. But otherwise, like it seems like they all know how to at least handle a camera to an extent. Like even, it's it's harder than people think to like actually get a good shot, you know. So I think all of them at least know to an extent how to handle a camera, and then they'll, you know, make sure like it gets done. But but I often feel like whenever we go out to to vlog, I'm like, oh, I have to be the one. Um, and that's not fun because then I don't get to train. I don't get to sesh. But no, if it's just like one person, like if you, you know, you can take, I don't mind form, filming someone do like 10 attempts in a row because usually like you'll need a break too and then I can just, yeah. you know, get a, get a rep in while you're taking a break. So no, I don't, I don't, I don't think you should feel, I don't think you should feel bad about that ever, about taking someone's time. To, time yeah. <laughs> it's good, kind of like a mutual trade, I think, yeah. to, uh, to go back and forth like that. All right, then question, who's got more, who takes longer like to get a clip? So like the least, the most amount of attempts, uh, me, Nathan, Ollie, Nathan, and uh got to be one more, all right? No, I think that's us, like us four. Who takes the longest, do you think? Uh, it depends, depends what you guys are doing. Like, let's just say Nathan's doing another one of his, like, big plyo challenges. Uh, yeah. Ollie's doing some flow thing, and then Nathan's got, like, Nathan a doesn't jump. take long because Nathan's usually, like, too shy to, to tell me that, like, you know, to tell someone that he wants to go again, right? Like, he's, he's very picky with his own movement. Yeah. But he's often, like, too shy to, to say, like, hey, could you get another clip for me? Um, so yeah, he doesn't take long at all, but I don't know. Like, I don't really, I've never, I, I can't recall having actually, no, I can name one person. <laughs> I can't, right, can't recall up. having, I can't it? recall having, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll say in a second, but I can't re- remember having many sessions where, um, it, 
it feels like it's taking too long and then I'm getting bothered by it. Uh, but uh, Josh Dilly. <laughs> Josh? Haha, yeah. There we go. We got uh, an answer. Josh takes... Forgot you, Josh. He Sorry. often wants you to start recording like almost like before, seemingly before he has it figured out what he wants. And it's always lines. It's always lines. And it's like before it's figured out like what he wants to do. Like the other day I was... Well, technically I'm coaching him in an advanced class and oh, yeah. he wanted to do a rail pre and I just started getting clips of him attempting the rail pre. And we probably did a lot, but like that didn't, it was already like we were clear on what was happening, you know? Mm. Whereas like, yeah, when he has, when he gets line ideas, it's almost like he's still forming the idea while the person is recording him. And so, yeah, that takes forever. <laughs> um, and I understand like the, I'm still not like too bothered by it though, because I understand like sometimes if you're about to try something hard, you kind of want someone to record that because like, so I, like I don't think this way, but I've, I've heard this, like, like Tom will say this, that, that like, if, if like a bail happens, like if something happens, you kind of want that. Yeah. You kind of want to have, you don't want it to happen. But <clears throat> if you realize that you're trying something difficult or risky, something cool might happen as you're attempting it. So it's good to get. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like one of those like accidental inventions, you know, like how yeah. silly putty was made. No, I don't know how silly putty was it, made. It was supposed to be like a glue, but then they found that it was actually just like fun to play with, so then they turned it into a toy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, sorry. Bad bad analogy. No, um, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so um, training. What are our goals for what this are, year? What are you, you want me to tell you like what, to, what you should yes. be training for? <laughs> well, no, 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 like, like our goals. Like I'll, yeah. You tell me your goals uh, and then I'll tell you mine. Man, I'm just trying to finish. Uh, by the way, you keep pulling out a frame here. You got oh, to come out closer. Guys. There you go. Um, I, I basically am hyper-focused on a couple challenges that you know about and I need to get those done. And I haven't really thought much past that. Like I, I'm, I'm assuming that basically after that, I need to give both of my knees a rest. Like I'm, <clears throat> I always feel like I'm just like holding myself together a little bit <laughs> physically, not, not always, but like in the, certainly, um, certainly like getting close to where I actually hurt, um, hurt my knee really bad. And then coming back from that now, it's just like, that's what it is. Like I'm just managing discomfort on a daily basis and yeah. trying to pick days where I can hold it together enough to try to attempt things. But yeah, like if I, if I can complete those, then I don't really have any goals outside of that other than like try to get healthy over the winter. I might go to uh, <laughs> training, but I might go to, um, I might go to South America for stem cells, uh, which oh, yeah. I have no idea what's going to cost right now. Probably, Probably as much as like buying a car, I imagine, but I don't need a car, so it's okay. Gotcha. <laughs> but I'm thinking of probably yeah, blowing like a whole line of credit on stem cells and then hopefully just being able to <clears throat> keep doing parkour at like somewhat of a level that I can do it right now. Yeah. Oh, that's the tough thing right now is I, as I'm, I, I'm unable to like let go. Like uh, <laughs> I feel like a lot of me feels good and then I just have one joint that, that doesn't feel good. So if I can get that feeling better um, all the time, then that would certainly change things. So 
so yeah, for me, it's just get those get those couple challenges if I can, uh, finish a video. Um, there's stuff that's gonna be in that video that I like. I'm just really itching to been really itching to get out because uh, yeah, I know. it's um I went like I feel like I've gone like the the years that I was recording it because I was just fixated on certain challenges that I was basically you know when you're doing stuff like that you're keeping it a secret and so like my Instagram is not like my best work is what is I guess kind of an easy way to say it and like once once that's out I'll be able to be like okay cool this is my best work and like can, I can ride off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah. yeah, take like a solid month off, just like sitting in an ice bath the whole time. Yeah, I mean, as long as it takes, like I'm, I'm, I've, because the other thing is like uh, when I knew what was happening with my knee. Actually, when I first hurt my knee, my initial reaction was that it was like really bad, that like I had done something like irreparable, um, and then I went through this whole like roller coaster of diagnosis and emotions where it was like told that it was actually okay. But but when I thought it was really bad, it was like, I was just thinking like, oh, this is gonna take like over a year. And in my head, it was like, that's too much time. And I was basically like already giving up. I was already like putting myself in a headspace where, so this is like if you, um, uh, someone who's like broken a bone or like torn like their ACL or something like that, like you know, um, like pretty early that you're in for like over a year recovery and that can seem like a long time like in the moment but now that I'm like on my way out of it it's it's been like over two years and I'm like eh, like it's it's not it's it's, it's 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 weird it's not that big like I didn't I don't feel like I aged that much you know what I mean and I think that's like the the scarier thing and the, the reason why I felt like I was giving up but yeah. yeah I don't know you got your whole life ahead of you what are you gonna do what am I gonna do <laughs> Uh, so I'm supposed to be going to the UK actually next year. Mm. Um, my plan is to basically, uh, get out, train at all the pretty popular spots. Do you have a solid plan? Uh, pretty solid plan. I have, um... Like a date? Uh, February 2nd is what I'm going for. Oh, that's like too soon for me. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, I might piggyback on this plan. Should go, we should go later. A little bit. Okay. How much later? Like, like springers, like when the weather's good. Because the UK is just like here, it's gonna but, be, it's gonna yeah. be, it's gonna be nippy out. I want to, I want to make like um, Project Underground. That that was the whole idea. Did they already announce a date for that? They, they didn't, but it, like from what I understand, I think it happens like January, February. Correct me if I'm wrong. But they also do more than one a year often. Well, if but that's you, so, okay, the so case. you want to go out for a speed comp? Yes, okay. I want okay. to master my speed comps. <laughs> that's the goal. Um, and um, yeah, if, if I can like get a couple videos and stuff out um, while I'm possibly maybe working mm -hmm. um, using this thing called like a youth mobility visa, it's like a um, thing that uh, people from Canada can do or like from Australia. Anyone who's in the Commonwealth who's under, I think 30, uh, they can go and go to the UK and work there for a solid two years without like having to pay a super heavy fee for like a work visa or something like that. Okay, so you'd be looking at trying to like support yourself basically. So, so when you say like going in February, you mean like staying for like for a for a minute? <laughs> I might I might stay for a minute. We'll yeah. see if I if if people like me there. I hope <laughs> I hope they do. Um, maybe like hoping for at least like two months. Mm. If um, 
if I can support myself. Um, but fun fact, I still live at home. So uh, like with my parents and stuff. So I don't know if, how easy I can like move out and just like crash at someone's pad. <laughs> are you yeah. Are you at the stage yet where like you're, well, so you're living, you're still living on your parents' roof, but are you at the stage yet where you're like doing like a lot of things yourself, like preparing your own meals and stuff like that? Yeah. Or do you still get like well, yeah. dinner on the table for you? It's been a while for that. I feel like I, I grew up pretty quick. Um, mm -hmm. when, when I was like, I started uh, like um, I started having to pay for classes here actually when I was mm -hmm. 12 or 13. Um, oh, really? Yeah, so like my parents- Where were you getting money that. for that at 12 and 13? So I had a paper route at first. I um, remember this, okay, yeah. 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 So okay. I had a paper route, yeah. um, very awful source of income. Um, and then I switched that over to, well, actually I could have been, I think I was more around 13, 14 when I started paying for it myself, like fully, but then like occasionally I would need to pay for it myself uh, beforehand. Um, but then after that, I worked at uh, Earl's um, as well as a couple other places. I don't know, I've had a lot of jobs over the years, um, whether it be like studio or Earl's. The PE, mm -hmm. uh, like, um, and like paper route. I'm trying to think of others. There's been others. Ooh, and bookkeeping. I did bookkeeping for my dad, so that was cool. Um, but basically, I've been I've been kind of like paying for a lot of stuff like since I was since I was a kid. I mean, my, my parents like do the laundry. They give me like food and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but like just because of that. And also the fact that I have to pay for tuition for school. Like I had to save yeah. up at a bakery called like La Baguette mm -hmm. um, and just like pay my way through, like just saved up a whole bunch of money and then just was like, all right, this is all going to school. Uh, and then I was like, oh, I hate school. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of rough. Um, but I'm hoping to maybe spend that on my travels. Mm. Yeah. And what are you... Um because I think you were you were doing school a little bit for like for business. Mm, Is that yeah. still kind of like the direction? Yeah, I mean, so my original plan basically was I was going to uh, open a parkour gym, right? Um, I was taking business because you suggested it uh, mm -hmm. when I was finishing up high school, and uh, like it. Don't get me wrong; it definitely is teaching me about business. It's just I like. It's very hard for me. Yeah, to focus. I, I don't know if I like recommended it. Like, I th I think you asked me like what like you should take in school, and I was like, well, take take business if you want to. It's it's tricky because like I think um, if you were to take a business course or like a marketing course or like read a book, I actually think it's like hard to understand without doing it. Mm. I'm, I'm starting to think more. But then, like, it's, yeah, it's tricky. Like, I'm thinking more, like, I understand and absorb uh, material about marketing, about business and stuff now more, like, because I'm doing it, right? Yeah. Like, uh, like, I get what's being referred to, whereas, like, I can't really imagine doing that the other way. Um, so, like, I still think it's useful because there's, there's so many things so many basic uh, practices that I missed in starting. Like I just, 
you know, like parkour, always wanted to, um, like pretty much since starting parkour, the, the guys that I would practice with, none of them train anymore, but um, yeah. we would talk about like, you know, eventually one day we're gonna open a space and da 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 this. And then, and then I got into like personal training and then I just kind of like meshed the two, like I started, started actually coaching um, and getting paid to coach in 2006. So like long time ago. <laughs> and, yeah. but yeah, there were so many things at the time that I missed. And I was, I went to school for, um, for cinematography. And then, and then I did a second year where it was like a mix of still trying to pursue film things, but also like human kinetics. So like, I didn't touch on anything that would have helped with like accounting or marketing or, yeah. you know, just, and these are like the things you really should have figured out, dialed, dialed in if you, if you want to make, if you want to be able to sustain it, like make money. Like, yeah. cause you can, you can be really good. Like you can be a really good coach or think you're a really good coach. Um, have a really nice space, be super friendly and stuff. But, and some of those things, some of the best practices will come intuitively. Like I think I did some things right, but, um, it would have been nice to have at least a, either a business partner or myself have someone that just kind of had had read the book, so to speak, right? Yeah. So, like, um, what do you say that the biggest problem was finance? Was that, like, the hardest thing to deal with? Um, like, with opening this space anyway, just for context. Hardest thing to deal with in opening the space? Um... It's kind of this is kind of like a bigger picture question, I guess, but I, I think one of the easy so the trap I fell into, and I think the trap that a lot of um, young gym owners or like young parkour like industry people fall into is they either employ or partner with their friends, and then expect a certain amount from their friends or <laughs> whatever, and it's. It's not um, b because they themselves don't know what they're doing. It's hard to then delegate and have correct expectations. And so I think a lot of the troubles I had is like I would expect a certain amount almost as like a, um, like a common knowledge, like common sense. Like mm -hmm. something would be like really obvious to me, like common sense. You should be working on this or you should be staying for this long or whatever. And then it wouldn't happen. And I just wasn't um, able to really like convey that to anyone. And so I was just kind of like pissed off a lot. <laughs> yeah. And um, and people were pissed off at me, <laughs> basically. So, um, you know, we've been able to make a success of things, but like that was like the hardest thing to navigate. Um, so there's like, friend, like you probably know, you probably recall like certain people that either used to own or work at, at Origins that aren't around, aren't part of the oh, picture yeah. anymore, right? So. I've been here for a while. Um, so, yeah, like sometimes like you just like, I've, yeah, I've, I've burnt some bridges, <laughs> we'll say. Um, so that's that's the tricky thing. And, and I think at the time too, I had people, like people in business, people that were like successful in business because I had like personal training clients that would say like, this is why you don't do it with your friends. This way. And I would like, you know, just be telling them like, you're wrong. Yeah. Right. They're coming from like already, you know, five to 10 years in the game or whatever, um, starting their own business. And I would be like, just starting out like, no, no, I'm going to show you. And like, I, and in some ways, like, you know, I think you can, I'm not trying to say that like someone can't do that because you might have friends that are like perfect 
um, like perfect business relationship, but that is, um, it's rare. Mm. Yeah, I, I'll make sure to keep that in mind <laughs> if I go for it. I mean, yeah, I, I always just assumed that it would be like the money that was like the big issue, like getting mm. loans from the bank or something like that. Um, I had to jump through some hoops to get like my initial fund and then that's what brought in business partners too is money but that was also almost like the only criteria was like the business partners that I opened the gym with were two guys that were like I'd known for you know some years through parkour they had some money to invest and they were enthusiastic and that was about it right like like did they have any skills to do like no yeah. like it was just like it was and it was kind of up to me to figure out like where to put them um and i wasn't skilled enough or equipped enough to do that either so yeah it would have been it would have been better if i had someone that again was like i was also like really business resistant yeah like i hate i i don't like it. didn't like the idea of calling what i was doing a business um didn't like the idea of doing things for money and now I'm just like, I, I just want to be rich. Basically. Oh, jeez. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to edit this. This, this is where I would like slow-mo, like the evil laughing. But no, no. I want to be, yeah, like I want to be, um, I, I want myself and like the people that are, that are in this, like in with what I'm doing to be successful, to be able to, to make a living off of it. Like I think... You know, there's there's a lot of gyms where like I think being a part-time close to minimum wage or purely minimum wage worker, which is a lot of gyms in America is like minimum wage worker is like that's the ceiling. Like you own it or you're or you're working for minimum wage, either part-time or full-time. Um, it's, so there's 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 basically no future in the um, gym industry in a lot of um places in, in America unless you're like one of the founders of, of said gym, right? Yeah. But no, like I want like um, guys like you that want to, you know, open up a space one day, like I would love to eventually be able to collaborate on stuff like that um, to like I'm, uh, we have like a smaller space than this, like we have here and we have a smaller space and already that's a lot. Like I'm already looking at like the whole thing, like do I really want to, do I really want to own a chain and like maybe it just it just um mm. there's a lot of like work that goes into that and i still think there's a lot going on at origins where it's still learning like what we're doing you know? mm. um and the more i kind of dive into like the gym business world and not not parkour gyms like like fitness gyms and stuff like that and CrossFit and I hear the numbers they put up in terms of like gross revenue and things and then it's like okay like if you're below that you really haven't figured and it's right like if, if you're below a certain amount um, and this, I think it's a tough pill to swallow for like a lot of guys in parkour because I know they're like me where they were like really business resistant but it's, it is kind of the truth like if you're not able to hit a certain number you, you probably don't really know what you're doing um, or you have a belief that it's not about money, which is, I mean, it's fine. Like, it's fine. Like if if you're, you know, if that's your belief, it's fine. Um, But, but yeah, so it's, so if, if if you're, you're a gym owner and you're not making a certain amount, you're not able to grow and you're kind of stuck, then you probably don't know what you're doing. um, Or, or you don't believe that, uh, that it should be 
about growing and about like scaling up essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Well, well, what about like what about something like franchising? Because that doesn't like cost too much on like your end. Yeah, um, it's funny because like recently I was watching something about like licensing versus being a chain versus like yeah. franchising, and this is like very front of mind. And it's so I think like um, the only gym to do something close to that was Apex Movement, but yeah. they did licensing. So they're not a franchise. So like you own the name, you have access to like their lesson plans. Um, that's about it. So it's like you kind of like you you pay to use the brand, um, and that was like pretty smart of um, Apex to do early on. It doesn't seem like it's worked out for them like because you have a lot of their uh, licensed gyms closed. So there are two, two now, and I think there were like six at one point. Yeah, oh, Outrun was an Apex, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to, well, we went to Outrun. Yeah. So uh, they they just decided to not be licensed as an Apex anymore and start their own brand. Yeah. Um, so, and I, it's, it's tricky because, like, you'd have to have a parkour brand that the name has. Like, imagine if Store wanted to license. Mm. I, I bet you, like, people would just pay for the Store name, you know? Yeah. So the store put out a licensing fee to like use their name to open up spaces. And then franchise, like a lot more goes into franchise because you have to sell the whole business model. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's um, franchise also like the overhead cost. Um, although like as like the, f as the person that's like issuing out the, the franchise, like the president or CEO or whatever, like the, you don't take a lot of those um, at least I don't think so. See, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> it's well, like, it's like I, don't, I don't think you um, uh, front the cost necessarily of like a build out. So like, let's say, I think to do a good gym build out these days, you probably need like at least 100K. Um, I did both spaces for less than that, but then I kept spending. So that's like the thing. Like I kept like- Oh, because it's like new projects and stuff? Just, just making it better. Like, oh, gotta yeah, fix okay. the floor. We probably need more walls. We probably need more mats. Like you remember when we opened up Port Moody, and that yeah. was like um, initially it was like all in Port Moody cost like eighty thousand. Yeah, and like a big chunk of that went to like we had to to be on on code. We had to like build. We had to get a whole. I didn't build it because I don't know how to do that. But um, we had to get a whole other washroom built. Like it wasn't or restroom or toilet, wherever you're from. But yeah. <laughs> um, we had to get that a whole second like facility built in the space because we weren't allowed to have just one. We had to have two. Yeah. And so that was like, that already ate up like 20K, like really quick. Um, and then there was just certain parts about the demo and the electricity there. Like it wasn't as, um, there were some things that were easier in Vancouver and some things that were harder, but yeah, in either case, like I had no idea how to, it just it just showed me again that I had no idea how to budget a space, and um, it and and a lot of it went into rent just like because it took a, it took like I was renting that place for like a year before it opened, mm. um, which is pretty similar. Like a lot of parkour gyms that I see like coming up, like it takes it can it can take time. Like a lot of them don't just like a couple months you know turn around and they're open. It usually yeah they're probably paying rent for a bit so. So yeah, when you franchise, I don't know if the person buying the franchise, if they front the money for the build out, or if, if, if they do, then that you know, makes that a very 
lucrative option, but um, if not, then yeah, I don't know. But but yeah, because I get I get calls um, and emails a lot of times, like a lot of times from different parts of Canada too, where it's like um, people are trying to open up gyms in other places. And I used to again when I was on the kind of like the anti-business side and like was just about like the, the purity of what I was doing I guess yeah. I would like ignore the, I would be like offended by those calls Oof. which is just it just sounds crazy now it sounds crazy to me because I had that attitude where it was like someone would contact me and be like hey I'm out in Quebec and I've never done parkour before um, but I want to open up a gym and I'm like you're not from the parkour community get out of here rather than taking that as an opportunity to be like oh maybe I could like help and like teach them some stuff and get like a gym for them out in that part of the world, you know? Yeah. Uh, so and actually do something productive. Yeah. But yeah, first things first right now is like, you know, we're doing much better here, but I'm still, still learning. Um, and I think we can be doing, um, a lot better here before. Um, cause I think if I went out right now and tried to like sell licenses or franchise, like I would want to do it and be like, you know, this is how much we're making in, this is how much we're netting like per year. Mm. And then, you know, sell that <laughs> versus like, cause those are the questions you'll get, you know, if someone wants to buy a license or something. And so if I say like, oh, you know, we had some bad years, but we're like coming back from it. Like, you know, that doesn't really, um, Give them details. yeah. So, so we don't quite have our, our shit together enough to, to make that step, but it could be an eventuality, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that would definitely, like, if I were to be um, doing a gym, I, I was always thinking of, like, franchising with Origins. I remember I was, like, uh, one time I, I told you, I was, like, hey, what if I just, like, started a gym and I just use like, Origins parkour? And mm. then you're, like, oh, I'm going to see you. Then. <laughs> I was, like, yeah. Did you, uh, did you say this to me as a child? Or did you no, I said, it, I said it to you before I went into business school. I was, I, like, I, I, like, when I was... The year right before I graduated, I was like, what if I just, like, yeah. made it Origins Parkour? Um, Reality is I probably wouldn't have the resources to stop you. I would just be like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but it's interesting. Like, it's, it's funny, too, because another thing that could happen... Um, uh, yeah, because, like, it, being a chain is good, too. Um, and another thing that could happen is, like, there's a lot of, like, cheer slash parkour spaces that are in this part of the world. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it just, there could come a point where like I buy one of them out, you know, where it's like, you know, idea. if they're depending on if it's like a good offer for them or something. But, um, I know there's one in Langley. Um, for those who don't know, Langley is like basically like a suburb out from Vancouver and they, so it's like, it's far, it's not like a competitive business with us. Um, cause they're too far away, but, um, they went from like a cheer slash parkour space to like a dedicated parkour space. The name of it's escaping me right now, but it doesn't matter. So, so clearly it's like lucrative enough for them that they're opening up their own space. But, mm. um, yeah, there could, there could come a point where it's like, like to just purchase and rebrand like places that are already somewhat set up. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think another like belief that, um, is like problematic in parkour too is like that. And I guess here, like I, I have this thing where, like, as you know, like, I hire people and, like, I get them into coaching. I get, like, um, and it kind of works, but I, I do start to need this. I do need to start thinking about hiring people that are just outside of parkour for stuff like administrative tasks. Like, I need someone who can sit in an office and schedule things and make phone calls and um, do payroll and stuff like that. And that person doesn't need to do anything 
doesn't have to do anything to do with parkour because they're all back end, right? Yeah. Because um, those are day to day things, and like as an owner, those are things that I like need to Take eventually care. get out of. You know that. You know, one one could say I should be not doing anymore, but still. Yeah. Am, so. Well, do you like con- like uh, contract uh, accountant or something like that? No, we have an accountant, but yeah. like, and we have a bookkeeper um, who works for us sometimes, but. Um, no, there's still a lot with like data entry and budgeting and stuff like things that like, you know, it would just be really easy if there was someone who was just like whip smart at that, who has nothing to do with parkour. And I could just be like, Hey, how's this doing? Like, how are these numbers doing? And they could just tell me, you know, um, whereas like I've had to take people that I'm on like my third or fourth, fourth person that I've kind of delegated these sort of things to. And like, they're being groomed for it. And I'm starting to think like, yeah, maybe I should just outsource someone because this is like <laughs> there, there. There's some people where it's like, oh, I think you could be good for this, and then they're just they're just not. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I get that. You should do like the um, co-op program, like get some of the kids in the school. <laughs> who are, that, that who would be like, interesting idea. Yeah, yeah, maybe because they all do business stuff. So yeah. yeah, that just seems like trying to acquire cheap labor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, um, you've been here for a long time, like, mm. just in this gym space. Like, we just had our 10-year anniversary. Yeah. We tried to talk about it last time. It didn't go so well. Oh, okay. I feel like, I feel like the last <laughs> recording we did yeah. went, like, really flat, because I was just like, I have nothing to say about this. <laughs> All right. Well, like, what's changed over the 10 years? I feel like this is turning into, like, you interviewing me. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, <laughs> you guy with all the business stuff, so yeah. I want to I know about it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, uh, what do you mean, what's changed? That's, that's, again, that's a really vague question. Okay. What do you mean, what's changed? So the builds, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the builds in the gym, oh. something very specific. Oh, man. I'm, yeah, I have a bit of, like, issue with, like, perfection, being a perfectionist. Um, I hate saying being a perfectionist because... As soon as that comes out of my mouth, it means I I, th- I think it means that like everything that I've put out there is perfect, but that's actually not the case. It means that I I just basically hate like <laughs> I kind of like loathe a lot of, that I've created. Um, yeah, like every time I see a new gym getting built, I'm like, oh, it's a sick idea. Can I just tear everything down and do that again? Of course, like I go to a lot of gyms where I'm like, this place looks like it doesn't work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I'm constantly, like, the next thing is, like, the corner that's right outside the office here mm-hmm. that is going to see some changes um, in 2023. I'm trying to hold back because I'm trying to, um, trying to like, properly budget for builds. Like, I've, I've in the past, I never, but I would just look at the bank account and be like, yeah, I think we have enough money. Let's go build something. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I kind of want to set myself a limit because if I don't, um, like I just said, I'm, I'm the type of person that will just be like, this isn't perfect yet, so it needs to be, like, redone, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is this, but this corner has been the same for a bit. It's it doesn't always function well for classes. Actually, today I might get out there today and actually move some of the like semi permanent stuff, like those heavy structures. Mm. If if we're not too, because today's uh, uh, by the way, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Today's happy Canadian Thanksgiving, Canadian which is today. Thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we might be slow today, and I might just go out there and start. You know. 
taking some stuff apart, if not sometime this week. Sometime this week that corner is going to change because it's still set up from what it was for SPL, and it's not really a good class setup or like a good open gym setup. It was set up a specific way for some of the challenges and um, yeah. courses, so um, it does need to receive a new look, but um, I'm going to be putting some new permanent stuff in there hopefully next year. Gotcha. I have some ideas, nothing on paper yet. But, totally. Yeah. All right. Um, so besides like stuff in the gym, how about like how about like the populations that come here? You know how like um, like right now we have pretty big uh, child like youth population, mm -hmm. right? Um, but like in the past, has there been more adults? Or? Yeah, I mean even still. So we've always done really well. I think it's because of our location because we don't do as well in Port Moody. Mm -hmm. Like we do have adult classes and teens, but it's mostly teenagers. Um, uh, sorry, in our adult, like our adult class, like 13 up. So it's mostly teenagers in Port Moody, whereas in Vancouver, and I think it's just to, I think a lot of it is just the location, um, or the, the market that we're in out here where it's like, there's a lot of people that are centrally located that are young, um, active people or people that are into like a niche thing like parkour that, yeah. um, we've been able to attract, um, I think we do a good job of coaching that demographic. And before opening the gym, I was mostly teaching adults. Uh, like when I opened the gym was like, I was only doing 13 plus until I opened the gym. Hmm. So I wasn't doing kids um, before opening the gym. Um, but yeah, um, I totally forgot your question. <laughs> uh, you kind of you answered it. I was asking like what, what populations have come in over the yeah. years, like how has like the demographics changed? Yeah. But I guess like that kind of answers it. Like. It was older back then, mm. and like now, though, like it's still it's still older. Like there is a lot. I think we're still like there. half half. Um, there's definitely more room to grow because of the schedule that we've set up. There's, there I've, we've left room to grow in our kids' classes. Yeah. Right now we have an issue with like our our flips program. So like we started, um, we used to have we went through so many different names for classes, but now we have like a class that's just called flips. And I, I recommend that every parkour gym try to do something generic like that. Like don't have a free running class because people don't know what it is. Mm. But we have a class that's just called flips. Guess what you learn in that class, you know? <laughs> um, and our adult flips classes have, are just full all the time. There's full, we're just turning people away. We're like waitlisting people. And it's, it's um, some people will say that's like a good problem to have. And for me, I'm just like, oh, we have to figure out a way to like get more people, like, like accommodate them basically. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so then, what, what would your target demographic be right now? Then, if that's like, um, like, what do you want to reach the most? Yeah, um, and that's like I think a difficult question for most. It's actually something that um, uh, needs to be answered because I think that's a difficult question for like most parkour gyms. Like, is this something you pick up like in school? Like, what's your market? Yeah. 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 I think most. I think most <laughs> I'm parkour. I'm literally just going through my textbook. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. You're just like I'm just gonna, you're just gonna get some schoolwork done while yeah. we're here talking. Um, yeah. I think um, most people that um, own parkour gyms could not answer that for you. Like, what their market is, or like what they they'll, they'll have an idea. They're like, oh yeah, we do a lot of kids, or we do that. But it's like, okay, like what type of kid? from where, what's like their, you know, like what's their um, uh, family's income, like all those kind of things. Like these are things like you should be able to, or you should, you know, businesses will like give people a name. They're like, oh, like our, our customer is Doug. And then Doug does like this. 
Yeah. He likes, you know, he likes yeah, climbing. He idea, he's yeah. tried this. He works as like a he works in tech, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, that actually kind of describes our, our adult <laughs> population to to an extent. Um, but yeah, I cannot. Um, admittedly, I cannot answer what our market is, um, which is a problem. Because mm. it's like some kind of a thing if I was trying to exit, which I don't foresee ever happening. Like what? I never really want to. Um, okay, good. I never really want to exit. Um, although I don't know, it's it could be weird if I'm like seventy years old and like just making really poor decisions for like a bunch of young people that like are actually managing the gym at the time. But uh, yeah, like if I were to exit, like that's a that's a question that you have to be able to answer. It's like what's your who's you know who is your market? Yeah, mm. yeah I, I got that. I got that. It's just like I remember when I was like growing up in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, like as a kid, I remember there was like quite a like I started here. How long ago now? Has it been almost like ten years for me? Or I, I think it's been like so. We've been open for ten. I mean, we can we can look this up at some point. I would probably say you probably been coming for eight or nine. Because yeah. it depends. Like if we opened in twenty twelve officially. Did you start coming in 2013? I think start? 2014. That's my okay. guess. Yeah. 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 It's probably eight years. Yeah. So eight years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, over the eight years, a lot of people have left. Um, a lot of people, like, well, a few people have stayed. Um, but what I do remember is that, like, going into around, like, uh, when I started hitting the teen years, mm-hmm. that's when, like, lots of people left. And mm. I remember I was just, like, I found it kind of hard to just, like, you know, train with other people because they were either, like, way too young for me. Or oh, so you mean, well, I thought you were talking about, you mean lost people in terms of, like, people that were you'd see in classes. Yeah. Like, other basically. kids. Mm. I mean, it's, like, I, I guess that's, like, always a problem. It's, like, the teenage guys are always just, like, um, kind of, I guess, rebellious. No, no, they wouldn't yeah. be rebellious. But. You know what's weird, too, is, like, I don't remember you <clears throat> before being a teenager. That's funky. Like there's, <laughs> there's, um, like I can name Kit. Okay, so like uh, Finn Devitt. Yeah. Um, and like Emiliano uh, Pena. So like these are kids that are on our youth team. Finn being the older one. Like I can remember what they looked like when they were like eight or nine years older. That's or right. Emiliano. I can remember what he looked like when Jeez. he was like when he was like seven because he started here when he was like seven years old. Um, but yeah, I. I I have no picture in my head of like what you looked like when you were a kid. So like <laughs> maybe funny. I just like it's been a while. I, I may have just not been there for the classes you were taking. Like maybe I yeah. was, but um, yeah, um, yeah. I guess I'm trying to say is like you you didn't strike me as like being very talented. When you were, wow. When All you right. Were well, um, <laughs> just I just like don't I don't have this uh, I, like it didn't it didn't. But if it's true though, like it I think um, you're coaching classes and you start to pick up certain kids like on your on like your radar who are like oh this kid's like really good like Emiliano I, I remember him being um, uh, difficult to coach like really? I remember him oh yeah 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 no he was um, he was a handful he was a handful like behavior wise um, but like it wasn't he wasn't a kid who I was like he's gonna be doing this for a long time and he's gonna be on our youth team and he's gonna get really good and he's gonna reach this level um, Actually, most of the kids, so here's the thing, most of the kids that that I see, and I've, I've learned to stop thinking this way, that I see and I'm like, they're, they're super talented and they're going to be able to do a lot of things. Um, those are actually the kids that quit. That's um, interesting. It's, and I think, I think it's usually because 
they're very athletic and there's better, well, better, but there's more opportunities for them in other sports. So just, just more opportunities, like yeah. like more games, more just just things that would like bring a community together. And like like yourself, like you're saying, you you know you took classes for a certain point, and then like a bunch of the kids that you were taking classes with that you made friends with wherever they were gone. Yeah. And so yeah, like what do you <laughs> yeah what do you do? It's it's interesting though, because like if that's the case, I think so. you were just quiet. I was gonna say, I think you were just. Yeah. It's probably. I think you were. I think you were just really quiet. Yeah, I'm when a, you were a kid, and that's probably why like you didn't really like stand out to me. Yeah, I got that. I, I I've been quiet since I was a kid, but um, like that's that's kind of interesting because now now I'm wondering like was I like did I actually have talent or did I just stick with it long enough to well, get good? Well, you probably had like. I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big um, believer in genetics for sure. Like I don't gen- deny that like people have genetic advantages and they're and then, but I'm also a big believer in, in like nurturing, right? And I think kids that like start parkour early, like they're gonna be good jumpers, like when they, cause like so, like there's no other sport that you start like at other than like track and field jumping. Like if you're doing track and field jumping at eight years old, yeah, you're gonna be a good jumper. But like that's that's more rare than parkour. So now we have all these like seven and eight year olds that are like starting and doing like precision jumps at that age, right? You know, and yeah. and then it's like you're talking about like this. I feel like there's just going to be a a surge of like seventeen year olds that have like ten foot broad jumps <laughs> because of uh, because of parkour. Because like no other sport, no other sport focuses. I mean, a little bit basketball and volleyball, I guess. Yeah. I know they do jump specific training, but it's just not. There's so many other components to the game, to, to the game, whereas like part so much of parkour is jumping. Um, yeah. to, I mean, depending on how they're being taught, like we we try to really teach kids skills even at a, a young age. So like they're yeah they're jumping a lot. Um, so I'm sure that helped you. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. To some extent, but like um, yeah, I don't know. And then you you uh, you took up track in in high school. Mm. Um, so you're just kind of like adding on to, onto that like development. Um, yeah. And I, I think like it took, it took really until you, uh, started like past all like the bands and started coming to like advanced class where I was like, where I was like, Oh, Holden's like, like, but even to this day, like sometimes I think like you hit that, um, that concrete the other day yeah. and like, um, I've only told, I don't know if you, how many people you told that you did that, but. Uh, oh, man. like I shouldn't have done that. I only really, no, you go ahead, I don't oh, care. Okay. But I only, t- I showed Tom, and I was like, yo, Holden hit this. And he's like, no. He's like, he's like, really? I was like, yeah. Because I was like, that that whole day, um, just to kind of like, just set the tone for people a bit, like we were, so we're at this spot, and there's this, there's this Kong gap at height that you really want to do that's never been done before. Um, it's yeah. been it's been a listed as a thing for a long time. And I've even had like people that are like, you know, world-class level coming to Vancouver and be like, oh, no one's hit this? I'm like, nope. But then they haven't hit it, you know? They, they, they'll like, yeah. you know, kind of like throw some shade at Vancouver and say, oh, no one did this? And it's like, no, no, no one's done it and you're not gonna do it right now. Because it's just, there's so many weird things about it. Um, it's a weird, but it's the, everyone who looks at it is like, yeah, you could Kong that for sure. Anyways, um, so we're looking at this. We've been there to that spot a couple of times. Um, you start hitting some mental blocks, and so we start. I started saying like, "Hey, like, let's do some other kongs." So I'm like, point, I'm just, ch- I'm just kind of like pointing out like rail kongs to you. And there was like one where I was like, "I don't, th- I didn't think you could do it." And then you did it like quite easily, and I was like, "Okay, you're actually better at kongs than I thought." And then, and then I was like, on our way, 
like leaving the sesh, um, like we're both heading to the gym and I was like, oh yeah, there's one I want to show you um, because it'll be a good prep for like another challenge you want to do. And then you did that one in like five attempts. And that, that one was like a big max effort one. Like those, that's like a, that's a legit 10 footer. It's like a legit 10 foot wall to wall gap. Really? And I so, didn't measure it. Well, we me- I used my laser, remember? Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Because I'm a huge nerd and I bought a laser to measure wall distances. Yeah, it's super sick. Um, so we did measure it to like nine, 10, but it has a bevel and each bevel's an inch. So I call that 10 feet. Also, mm-hmm. like if you were to mark your feet out, it would, be, it would be more than 10 of your feet. But anyways, I think that's a legit... 10 foot wall to wall gap. Um, and um, yeah, you sent it. And like, and the, you, you sent, you, the one that you got too, I, I, I'm telling you, we gotta do it again because I think you can front out of it. I think um, so. Yeah. But uh, except for there's like a tree in your way, so I might have to like move over a bit and use a different part of the wall. But neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> so I, I think like you're still like surprising me basically. Like I, I still like, um, I don't know if you surprise yourself at all, but. Um, and it's kind of when you actually, this was something that happened with the competitions this year that you went to, like we were going to outrun, um, like Dylan from Boston was asking me and Tom, like how's holding going to do? And I was like, I'm not going to be surprised if he does really poorly. And I'm not going to be surprised if he wins. Like that was, <laughs> that was like legitimately like what, what I said, yeah. just because like that's, that had been like a recurrence where like, um, you know, everyone has their off days. Right. Um, but I think like, there's been some days where like you've been on and it's been like, holy crap. Like I didn't, didn't realize you had that. So, um, I guess we'll, I, I still don't know how good you are, man. That's what I'm trying to say. We'll see. <laughs> this is like a couple more years and then I'll hit my max. Like, I had the Tampa stride Kong Prix first. That one's like a 12 footer. I think I can. That one's only, only Verky's done that. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not going to say, that's the thing too, is like, I'm not going to say that you couldn't do it. I think you have the ability. Um, it's just um, sometimes right day, right time. Funny thing about Tampa Stride too is like people get kicked out of that spot all the time. So I have to I'm sure you can find another like similar size one somewhere and I don't think you got to go all the way to, because like there's, that's, that's not a good place to go. I don't think you should go there unless there's like an event that you get invited to. Because yeah. I've been to Tampa and there's that spot and a couple spots around there. And then there, there are the universities. Um, but yeah, like that's like people in Florida will tell you, like, don't don't come to Florida to do parkour outside here. Well, Tom, Tom moved from there to yeah. come here. So yeah. it's obviously not good enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah man. Um, so right now, what is your... Um, What's like your, I think we got to wrap this up pretty soon, but like, what's your, like, what's your day to day? Like, like how much are you trying to train right now? Um, Try and train. Versus work versus school. Like what's a, what's an average day for you right now? Right now I, um, so I'm only going to school one day a week because I dropped two of my courses. Um, But uh, that one day a week takes like the entire week worth of like studying. Um, so it looks like about um, four hours of studying like a day, um, except for the weekends. Weekends I get off. Mm-hmm. I get to like chill out. So you're not doing full-time school here? No, yeah. Full-time. It's yeah. very part-time. Um, Hard to do full-time school and like Joe Hendo had to basically kind of step away from parkour a bit to like... Yeah, people are pretty school. upset about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he's still amazing. So I think it is true. I think if he chooses to um, 
really push himself again in parkour, I think he'll be able to. <laughs> yeah. But you're doing the part-time route, yeah. Yeah, so part-time school. Um, I'm working like on a video project, as like we mentioned. Um, and that I want to be taking up at least like four days of the week. Mm-hmm. So I want that to be my main priority out of anything else, like school, mm-hmm. like um, work. Well, okay. No, no, I'm, work is top priority, 100%. <laughs> Um, and then I'm doing, I'm, I'm working like three to four days a week. Um, so I'm able to sustain myself. Uh, and I love work. I love this place. It's a very good place to work. If you ever want to come here to work. Um, if he's hiring, of course, only if he's hiring. I'm always hiring right now. Not, not if you're like not able to get a citizenship though. That's kind of difficult. That that would be difficult. Although I am like Nathan, we're trying to do his paperwork right now. And that is like a lot. Americans are not too bad. Um, mm. Apparently, it's not too hard to just cost a little bit of money to get an American over, but as um, everything does there. Yeah, I gotta check how much time we got here, cause oh, we're we're good actually. Okay, we can keep this going a bit longer. Cool. Um, actually, I wanted to tell you, uh, I, yeah, now we got time for this. I wanted to tell you a story of um, this is something that um, something that happened to me All right. last week. Um, so Let's get it. so we were riding bikes the other day. Um, like to and from it, and you were telling me like you're, um, you ride an e-bike by the way, and I have to make fun of you every time. It's so <laughs> fast, <laughs> it's so fast. Just get an e-bike. Trust me, it's actually awesome. We, we ride like the polar opposites of bicycle because I ride brakeless fixed, and you ride an e-bike with like, um, really heavy brakes. But, yeah, so I'm I'm just a huge hipster. Um, but yeah, so um, you were talking about like your brakes weren't working, and you were you referenced uh, the the movie Premium Rush. Yeah, um, you didn't know what it was called, but yeah, Premium Rush is like a really um, corny but like solid B movie. If anyone hasn't seen it, Premium Rush is like a solid B movie. Like it's entertaining. Like it's not to be taken seriously. It's, it's I wouldn't say it's like really great, but it is it is fun, um, and it's all about um, this uh, fixed gear bike messenger. And so he talks about like yeah. can't stop, won't stop. Like there's so many quotes <laughs> in that movie that are like so funny. Uh, but anyways, I was, um, I was riding the other day and, um, yeah, I started riding, uh, my fixed gear brakeless at the start of the year. So I was, I had a front brake up until then. Um, so I learned how to skid quite comfortably. Um, so fixed gear for people that are listening that don't know, basically you can't coast. So like your cog or your chain is like fixed to your back wheel. So if your wheel's turning, your pedal then must turn, or your pedals must turn. So also that means if you resist pedaling, you slow down, and that's how you that's how you can brake without oh, a handbrake. Oh, that makes so much more sense. Okay, yeah, sorry. So so it is, and it, and it's a lot of fun. Like it's it's kind of sucks like when you first get on a fixed gear because you're like, oh, I have to keep pedaling. This is annoying. Like the the bike kind of bullies you, but um, if you can get like proper foot retention with straps and stuff like that, you really start to control, like you're just always in control and you're not using this kind of like artificial thing that's just like hard stopping. Like you can you can slow down a bit or you can speed up a bit. So um, it starts to get really fun. And um, like what I started doing before I took my break off is I would just play a game to see like how many days I could go without using my break. And I, when I got to three months, I was like, I don't really want to have my break anymore. You don't um, the game. And uh, yeah, it like generally feels totally safe. So if you want a hard stop, you can learn to like jam your pedals and do a skid, which will like stop your, so you just 
break your, your back tire using your legs. Um, and I always feel like, like fixed gear riding fits with parkour so well, cause it's just like parkour is this whole, like just your body thing. And so it's like, you have this thing with fixed gear where it's like, what are, I don't need gears. My legs are my gears. I don't need brakes. My legs are my bikes, my, my brakes. Right. <laughs> That's the whole like fixed gear mentality. But anyways, um, I had a really dangerous and embarrassing thing happen the other day <laughs> on my fixed gear. Um, so you know, some people might be listening to this and are like, okay, like you can do this and that, but like it still sounds dangerous, still sounds risky. Obviously, if you do parkour, it doesn't sound that dangerous or risky, but uh, yeah, so I'm riding down, I'm coming down Ontario, and Ontario is a hill, it's very close to the gym, oh, yeah. it's a relatively yeah. steep hill. And I'm at about Ontario and 8th, and I went to, um, I can't remember if I was trying to skid or if I was trying to just slow down a bit and my chain popped. Mm. Mm, what? Oh. So so what that means is and this used to happen on my on my older bike where I had brakes cuz like you start to there's you want your chain to be a tiny bit loose but you don't want it to be too, well, obviously you don't want to be too loose. Yeah. So what happened is my chain fell off. Mm. Which means my pedals are oh. no longer connected to the wheel. And which means I no longer can slow down. And Ontario, Ontario like I said, is a hill. And for, for like um, context for people that don't know, like the, if you've been here from anywhere, um, if you've ever been to the gym, you know the gym is on top of a hill. So basically I was at the top of the hill. And I'm now going down the hill and I don't have brakes. So this, this was actually like the scenario you were talking about with like premium rush or whatever and not having brakes is like worse, the worst place for it to happen. Cause I've had, I've hit like a curb before and had a chain fell off, but it was never going to happen again because like I, I like made sure now I'm going to be, I, I tightened it a bit more and I, I, I made sure that every time I go with my bike now I check it just, just cause like, again, I'm riding without a brake, but basically it's like, imagine like being in a, in a wagon and like someone just like pushes you. <laughs> And you're just being sent down a hill and like through traffic and stuff. And this is like 4 p.m. So like rush hours just starting and there's there's two intersections and they both have stop signs. And like, thank God, they're like four way stops. So like, you know, obviously I'm fine. Nothing happened. But it was like this this crazy feeling where like my chain popped off and I just all of a sudden I start like um, speeding up and I, there's nothing I can do to like to stop at all. And I just knew that I had to wait until I got to the bottom of the hill before I could turn and then gradually slow down. But it was just freaking hilarious, just just riding through, like just like like really in the zone, like adrenaline's pumping, and going through these intersections, knowing like, okay, I have two choices: I either have to yell really loud because I don't have a bell or anything, or I have to like swerve. Um, yeah, what a nightmare! And it was just so embarrassing because normally I stop for like I'm I'm a respectable cyclist, like I stop for stop signs, I let traffic go, all these things, and uh, I was just ripping through these stop signs on the way down. Um, yeah, yeah, so that happened. Did, so, you, so you didn't die? No, did not die. Was it like if a car came through and mm. uh, like you couldn't stop, would you have actually been like run over? It, it was one of those scenarios where like I was just like so you get like hyper focused because like it's like if you're climbing something high mm -hmm. and you start to realize like there's like a point of no return. You're like once I reach this, I'm committing to the climb or down climb like I'm putting myself in more risk or more danger. So it was one of those like hyper-focused sort of moments where it just like, I felt like pretty okay. And there were just, there were two intersections I was worried about 
where I know traffic could be moving, but ultimately I knew traffic wasn't going to be too fast. So like, it wasn't like worst case, like worst case scenario would have been like if I was actually going through traffic lights and there were like red lights Oof. that I was going through, you know, oh, and yeah. not able to stop. <laughs> but um, totally. it was worst case in terms of that I was going down a hill. Like if your chain pops off and you're on flat, it's like whatever, you know, you can just put your foot down and stop, like, you know, just get off the bike. But yeah. Um, so yeah, it was more, more, it just felt like embarrassing. Because <laughs> I was proved you wrong. Yeah, it's just like everything yeah, that you would e ever, yeah, everything that you would ever tell a person about, like uh, riding fixed brake list, that it's like, oh, it's actually pretty safe because you can do this and that. It's just, that was just all out the window. It's like, this is why you should have a front brake. Mm. Still didn't put brakes back on. I'm just going to make sure my chain is good. But, gotcha. Um, yeah. What do you have, what do you have an e-bike that's also brake list then? Like a fixed gear, e fixed gear, fixed e bike. E -bike? Does that yeah. like? I mean, I guess you could. I think there's like hybrids where like you can have. Um, I don't know because if you because you still have to shift gears on an e bike, right? Yeah. Yeah. So fixed gear wouldn't work because like the, the the system wouldn't work. I don't know. I also mm -hmm. don't know enough about bikes to really know what I'm saying here about the different. Gotcha. You'd have to ask Lucas. Okay. Lucas is the bike guy. He would know. He also rides brakeless. Nice. So we're cool like that. Okay, no, <laughs> I'm cool. Yeah, I encourage, I'm gonna make a video um, at some point about like brakeless riding, <laughs> fixed and parkour and the, the parallels. That would be dope, <laughs> I would watch that. Because I think, I think I just wanna sell everybody on it that everyone that does parkour and rides a bike should also ride brakeless fixed because it just, it just it mixes. fits together so nice. It's the perfect warm up heading to the sesh, really. And so it just gets you in the zone. Totally. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you hear it, heard it here folks first. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we do have to wrap this up. So uh, thanks for joining me today, man. I don't know what the plan is for next week. If I can't remember if Tom's back yet. So maybe we'll do another one and I'll try to ask you more questions <laughs> about things. But uh, yeah. uh, you can follow him at Holden the Bag. That's um, me. As always, um, hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Like the video, um, you can check out in the description the audio version, although if you're at the end of the video, then you've probably already sat through the whole thing. And we'll see you next week.